Welcome to the Hidden Why Podcast. This is episode 981, my interview with Tracy L. Clark, and we're discussing empowerment. I hope you enjoy. Tracy, welcome to the Hidden Why Podcast. Great to have you here today. I'm so thrilled to be here with you today. It's awesome, awesome. I know you're uh, sitting in your home there. Whereabouts are you? I'm in uh, Canada. I'm actually oh. in uh, the GTA, the Toronto area. Yeah. Okay, and you got your dog with you there, and uh, your <laughs> sidekick in action. There you go. <laughs> What's the dog's name? Uh, his name's Charlie, and he he thinks he's a human. <laughs> okay, well, that's the man's best friend, huh? So yeah, he really does think he's a human. It's quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> in what ways? You know what? He's 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 really communicative for young because he's only seven months old. And he learns really fast, but he's he's very picky. Like he tells you right away what he likes. But when people come around, it's interesting because they do energy work. You can watch, you can see. He looks at what they need, you know, whether if they're not feeling well, the way he's already talking to them. And I'm like, okay, mm. that's like that's more something a human would do. But yeah. people get freaked out. I get stopped every time I take him for a walk, and they stop me and they say, um, "Your dog creeps me out because he has human eyes. He actually, even the vets, like his eyes look like a human, not a dog." So it's really Might have different. have a bit of human in him. There you go. I said he's one of those dogs that maybe a human accidentally got in and said, you know, you see it on the TV shows <laughs> versus <laughs> the, the actual dog. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I know you've got a new book out and I, I believe it's going well. The word um, aligns with what you've written about there and the word today that we're going to discuss is empowerment. Um, just in a quick, short, brief summary, what does empowerment mean to you? What's this word about today? Yeah, you know, it's really about showing up authentically for yourself, which means boundaries, honoring how you want to live, no matter what anyone else tells you, yeah. honoring truth, living in your truth, which could be different from someone else's, but not being swayed. If that's your truth at that time, that is your truth, and you have a right to change it. And it's about listening to what you know is right and acting upon that, even if you're maybe a little bit you know, you can be shy or you could be thinking that's against the norm, but you know, it's important. You know, it's important to show up every day in what works for you and how it works for you. Yeah. yeah. This, this word authentic, authentic and authenticity. I mean, it's, it's getting thrown around a lot these days, oh. isn't it? It gets thrown around so much. It actually drives me nuts. I've been on this journey for 18 years. Like it's not mm. like I just kind of woke up yesterday and unfortunately it gets, misused a lot and it gets manipulated a lot rather than how's it misused like what do you what do you um i because i see feel in here i go in and out of energies i see people who will say you know be your authentic self live in your authentic self but they're not living in their authentic self or they use it to manipulate people and especially if you're looking into mainstream media or stuff like that so it gets thrown around because it's a very powerful word. Words are extremely powerful. I always teach, be careful what the words you are, like what you use and how you use them. Yeah. And so, yeah, to be in your, your authenticity literally means always checking in with yourself and saying, are you in your truth? Are you in the alignment that is right for you? Are you actually showing up every day doing things that are in alignment for you and how that looks? Mm. Uh, I think you're right. There's there's a big risk, and and I guess the authentic word is being used to manipulate people or hook people into certain events and stuff. Tell us a little bit about your backstory because you've been doing this for a while now. Where did it begin? 
Yeah. Um, well, I was born really sick, really, mm. really sick. And uh, I was given no hope by doctors many, many times. And, you know, they were just doing their job. It's nothing against whatever. Um, and I had many traumas and I had three near-death experiences. And then I was told basically there was no more they could do for my body. It was failing a lot. And that wasn't really an option for yeah. me anymore. Because I had two small children and I was their main caregiver, breadwinner, all that stuff. And uh, so I literally had to step outside the box. But I, because I'd had so many experiences when I was young, I had a lot of experiences with things I thought I was just kind of crazy. So I shut that down and said, okay, I'm crazy. <laughs> you know, I just, that's yeah. what the whole world's about. And I had to really take the time and look at how did all this trauma affect my body and what was happening. And so that's how I ended up doing what I was doing today because I could see, feel, hear. And my system, I wasn't paying attention to it. So I really, you know, had to get in touch with what is your body telling you? How is it speaking to you? And I really was led into some incredible people. And on a science side first, I went science because I was like, I didn't believe in anything at that point um, and learn how brilliant our systems really are. Hmm. Yeah. That's a really quick nugget. <laughs> That's good. No, I like that. Um, yeah. So when we, when we, when you talk to people now about empowerment and being your authentic self, I mean, what does that, what does that actually mean? Because I don't know, for me, I just listen to that authentic and I just go, well, I just have to be who I am. Uh, does that mean a lot of us aren't being who we are? Yeah, a lot of people aren't. What I've noticed with a lot of people that I've worked with and when I'm teaching is a lot of people are greater, they're, they're shifting, they think they're being who they are, but they're shifting their behavior. It's different when they go to work. It's different around family members. It's different around, you know, girlfriends, right. boyfriends, husbands, wives. They're acting differently in every situation. And a lot of times you'll see, you know, or they're not sensitive to what the environments are, or, you know, they put so many things into a box, they're just existing, but they think that's living. And then when they realize it's not, they're like, is this why I'm not happy? Or is this why I'm sick? Or is this why, you know, and then it's like, yeah, it is. Because when you get up, like I was the person that 98% of my day was garbage. I was the Debbie Downer. Cause I was always sick, always depressed, always, you know, had the bad marriage. Like I've been there, done that, you know, like a lot of people have, but I was that. So I would wake up and be 98% miserable all the time. And I see that with a lot of people. They say, well, I hate my job, but they're not doing anything about it. Or, yeah. but they're like, oh, I'm being myself. Cause I went to school to do this. But I'm like, but it doesn't make you happy. And now the flip side, 95% of my days are quite lovely, no matter what's going on in the outside world, because I'm not changing for them. I'm not altering for the outside world at all. I'm just doing what I want to do in love and kindness as well, but having strong boundaries and showing up in the way I want to show up, not the way I thought everybody else wanted me to show up. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Um, and I think, you know, if you're waking up day after day feeling miserable or sad or sorry for yourself or just not loving what you're doing, yeah. it's a good sign that maybe something has to change. But in saying that, I think there's, you know, maybe maybe it's just an excuse that we make, but circumstances for people may not allow them to, or maybe they can't see beyond their circumstance to see the vision of what their life could look like. And, you know, maybe they, they need to stay in that job that they really hate that's making them miserable because how else are they going to put food on the table for their family, you know? Well, you know what? I think that is a lot of what people make. Like I was in corporate. I had I bought and sold companies. I sold my first company at 26. And then um, I thought that was my world, even though I was still miserable there. And 
What company was it? uh, It was actually, it was a very large video store in Canada. It was actually very different than what you would see. It was in the 90s, and it was a bidding war between the two major publicly traded companies in North America because they couldn't get the market share because they did so well. But Mm. they were very creatively different than what... um, what most people were used to going to. So over here, you know, it was a Blockbuster or Rogers or whatever it is. And so it was very, very different. And I was, I took it from a more, how do we deal with our customers, our clients and doing things good. And from there it was weird because I ended up in capital raising alternative investments. And I was with a company that, you know, when that time came to an end, I had a choice. I was really upset and I had a choice to go downtown, make big money. And I used to say, sell it out to the corporate again or go do what I'm doing now. And I'll tell you, when you go to do what I'm doing now, you're taking a leap of faith. Hmm. And I'm so glad I did. It all worked out and I get to love what I do. And, you know, was it work? Sure. It was to get it going. Absolutely. But I kept doing it. And I think a lot of times people don't go after what they love because like what you say, they're afraid. I was a single mom Hmm. taking care of two children, 100% on my own. So, yeah, I was faced with that. Oh, my gosh. You know, I got to put food on the table. But there's always ways. There's strategies. And I think that's where a lot of people miss it. They don't know what the strategy is. They don't know how to transition because we're not taught that. We're taught you go to school, you get that degree, and that's your job for the rest of your life. Yeah, not anymore. Not anymore, huh? No, not anymore. And things are changing all the time and people are changing. And when you become empowered and you get to know who you are and you lose the fear, you're you're really at the point where you're like, okay, if I take this risk, and this is how I did it. I said, if I take this risk and it doesn't work, well, what's the worst case? I go back downtown? Okay. So, you know, you got to start looking at life that way or people will say, well, I just, I have this pension. So you're going to, you know how many people I've worked with who got super sick because they stayed for the pension and all of a sudden their body was so upset, their bodies are super ill by the time they leave or they leave and they're having heart problems or they're having Mm. heart attacks when they retire. Like you don't have to come to that point. Yeah. Yeah. They're fluffy guys. (laughs) Yeah. I think something, yeah, I, I, there's always when somebody comes around <laughs> to the door, it's like, Someone's rewarding. <laughs> saying hello to them. I, um, yeah, I mean, I think people need to sort of align themselves with their values and, and you know, try and live as truly as that to the, as, as they can and maybe seek help if they can't find the, find the best way to, to make that happen. How do you, you know, when you're talking to someone, you know, about, oh, I'm not really happy here, I'm not sure of, you know, what I'm doing in my life. How do you help people connect within? Well, sometimes I, like I ask them when they're, so if they're going to a work or they're in a relationship, I always say, you know, it comes with you. You've created it, you've manifested it. So you got to look within and say, what, why did I create this? What am I getting out of this? What am I learning out of this? And it's a really good starting point for people because when they say, okay, I always say my ex-husband was my greatest teacher. So if you look at it, you know, at the time, and I really had to learn it on my own. I was like, well, why did I attract this? And what did I learn from it? What was coming from it as you're going through some of the pain? And when, when people start to actually do that and they start to spend some time and say, okay, so if I, I chose this because you say yes to everything you're in, then why? And when you can back out the why and really spend some time, not just, oh, because I need the money or, oh, you know, because we just fell in love or whatever. It's like, well, if it deteriorated or that job was no longer your favorite job, what was the shift? What were the people? What were you learning? Did you compromise your boundaries? Did you over please? Were you over delivering? 
And just by starting there, it's amazing how many people will start to say, oh, I got to stop that behavior or I I need to start changing that. Why did I do that? And usually you can trace it back to something that they just naturally, you know, mimic. They're mimicking somewhere in their life from somebody else. Yeah, a lot of questions there with the why word, which um, I love. Yeah. I think, you know, if we can ask ourselves why more often in a day, then we'll be more purposeful in general. What, um, I mean, asking that question and having that level of reflection is probably what's needed more for everyone, including myself. Um, But we don't often give ourselves that time, do we? We don't. And we're kind of unfortunately in society trained to blame people. You know, yeah. well, it's their fault or they did that to me. And I had somebody say this the other day, They're like, oh, you know, my husband did this and now we're getting divorced. I said, but you chose him. So yeah. you chose him. So instead of blaming, you both have different things. Just look at what you want to, you know, fix about yourself or that you want to change and thank him because you chose him. He showed up. There was a point that you were there and okay, it's ended. And unfortunately in our society, we're just taught to point fingers and blame. And when that starts to go away and you start to just go more within and ask that why question, it's amazing how quickly people get through stuff. Like mm. 10 faster it's so true isn't it like anything that goes wrong we just immediately rather than taking ownership and responsibility not not everyone's like this but you know no generally people are and we we seek outside blame because we don't want to prove that our story that we tell ourselves is incorrect so we seek outside blame and we keep doing the same things and and then therefore likely fall into the same levels of patterns and behaviors and and the same life that we live and we'll probably end up in another relationship that turns out to be the same most people do. Saying, That's why I say they end up getting a different name, but the same relationship. And it's a, it's, you know what, I'll tell you, it's a really hard work. Cause when I learned that hmm. I spent a lot of days crying, like hmm. I was like, Oh my God, I do have behavior. Oh my gosh, I have to stop that. Like literally you have to take full ownership. And in society, we're just learning. Like people are just learning. They have to take ownership exactly a hundred percent for where their lives are and stop blaming their mother, their sister, their brothers, their lovers. We made the choices. So we have to take ownership for that. And mm. board. yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, I guess it depends on who you talk to, but uh, some people that are in that pattern of just blame and seeking mm-hmm. escape, they, they might find that very difficult to take that ownership, yeah? How do you help yeah, people with that? Hurtful. Yeah, it's hard. It, it's really hard, but I tell yeah. people when they're ready to do it, they're like, oh my gosh, this was the hardest work, but the best I've ever done because they see the patterns, the breakthroughs, and they start being empowered. They start being more loving, compassionate, kind to themselves, and then the people they're around. And naturally, their life actually does start to change. It starts to shift. Yeah. So if you have failure in something, like you're just doing, I don't know, whatever, it's a task or or something like that, maybe starting a new project, and you fail at it, um, is it likely that, I mean, there's a few different courses of action. There's one that you just go, okay, well, I'm not good at that. I'm not going to do it anymore. Um, the other one is to do it again is what you've done. And that's what most people do. They just blame it on an external event and say, oh, that's that's why it didn't work. Do it again and they'll probably fail again. And the other option is to look at the failure and reflect and go, okay, well, what could have I done better? Why did that go wrong? Why did I do it that way? So there's yeah. three paths we can take out of this, can't we? There's three. And you know what? I've had the pleasure of working with a lot of amazing CEOs and a long time ago before I got into this and, you know, and then when, even when I shifted and one of the things I always love that they say, and I've taken it through my whole life is there's no such thing as failure. You might change your direction, but what did you learn from it and move along? And 
went, cause I was a perfectionist as a young person. I was always striving, right. For, and it drives you mental. Anyone who knows a perfectionist, you'll drive yourself crazy and everyone I'm around the opposite. you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and so when I learned to break that, I'm like, yeah. So if something didn't work the way I wanted it to, instead of getting angry, I'm like, okay, so do I really want to shift this and change it slightly? Or is it ready to put that to bed and do something different? And it, it became really empowering. Like that was huge, huge. Mm. Yeah. That perfectionism. And, and I was just thinking about this this morning. I was talking with a few people and, um, you know, I'm, I'm the opposite, so it's hard for me to explain, but I do understand the idea of, you know, coming up with a, a plan and really thoroughly analysing how you're going to move forward, but it just causes so many delays. And I think, I mean, at the end of the day, we're never going to be perfect. And with everything that's moving so rapidly in this day and age, that's even more the case. Like, it's more a reason to, no, stop trying to be perfect. Give things a go, you know, trial and error, experiment. Yes, take some, have some planning, you know, have a little bit of a plan, but don't over analyze things, you know, just start it. Well, I said, I said to one of my academies today, one of my mastermind groups, I said, the more messy it is, the more perfect it is. More messy it is, the more perfect it is. Yeah. Because when we get to messy, we know we're cleaning out and, and we're perfect how we are. Like you're never going to get to your idea of perfection. You'll never get there. But if you realize exactly how you show up today, is perfect in that way and you're constantly changing but when things get really messy you know you're starting to let go of old patterns you're starting to make breakthroughs and you're starting to just you know come into something better in your life because the old's going away yeah a lot of people aren't comfortable with the perfection as they are now huh yeah well look in the world right the world people are like the world's so messy and i'm like but the world has to change and a lot of people will not change if things aren't messy. So I say it's like a divorce, you know, a divorce gets messy, but then you come out and five years later, you're like, Oh my God, I wish I did that earlier. And things calm down. Hmm. I said, the world's just breaking up with its old self. And unfortunately it has to get messy to do that, to create change or people will keep doing the same thing over and over. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I like it. What, yeah. um, what sort of activities or, or, or practices do you sub- subscribe to uh, yourself or, or maybe you, suggest yeah. to others to, to take? I, well, I, I teach so many different tools cause I'm always working with the body, but I actually do two things. I always teach people right away that are simple is before you get up in the morning, before you go to bed, I always say, you know, thank you, God, you say universe or divine or whatever, but what, what it was, I always say, what was a, a God moment in that day? What was a, you know, in or a good moment or however you want to put it. But that is, it goes back to the things that you, before you woke up, you know, and go to bed, what are you grateful for? But then also, what are you grateful that you're creating in your life? So it's not just, oh, I'm grateful that, you know, I have this family, or I'm grateful I have this house or whatever it is. It's like, I'm so grateful that this is coming towards me. And I'm so grateful that this is being created. And I'm so grateful this is happening, even if it's not in your world right now, but it's a great way to create. Yeah, it's a great yeah. way to yeah. When you say God moment in the day, what is what do you yeah. how do you define that? I don't really understand. A God moment is what I say instead of a good moment. I say it's a God moment because it's for me, God is like I always say it's a God of your understanding. So universe, divine, love, whatever it is for you, right? Everybody has a different version. So there's never a judgment of what that is. So mm. I always say it's a God moment, which to me is like a, a, a love moment. Like this is a this is a good moment, but no, it's a God moment. So it just raises the vibration a little bit higher that 
this is a really cool moment. Like this is fun and I want to savor it. And so if you look at those moments throughout the day, it does raise your vibration and you start to feel happier and healthier and you become more connected to your environment as well. So it's fun. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Thank you for explaining. Um, So a little bit of gratitude morning and night and, and um, what, what else, what else do you practice or what, what else is a good thing for people to go, okay, well, this is who I am. This is what I need to be. And where do we go from there? Yeah. Well, like I said, asking the whys are really good. Like, why am I here? Why am I doing this? Um, Mm. I teach people a lot about how to communicate and talk to their body. I call it, your body is like an incredible, magnificent computer that like, we don't even know a fraction of what it does. Right. I call it your heart drive rather than your hard drive because your heart is your Hmm. hard drive of your computer. Every, every organ in your body, you know, you can do something to it, but not your heart. It won't function. Right. You can't be slicing and dicing it. You can do little bits, you got to seal it back up, but really the heart is so sensitive, right. To work on, or you need a heart transplant, you know, you can't, but you can't function without your heart. You're done. (laughs) You know, it's not working. So I always also say to a lot of people, a simple tool they can use is they can rub their heart. They can tap the heart, which what it does. I always teach a little tool where they rub or tap their heart and they say, thank you, God, reset, let go or release, let go. And it's quite interesting. You don't even have to, you know, You can do it just in the mind space. But I have had kids, I've had business people, I've had everything, you know, uh, housewives, everyone. They're like, when I do that, I get out of my head into my heart and I calm down my thoughts. I calm down what I'm thinking and I can focus Hmm. and I really start to get into the day and into the moment versus if the brain is racing. And right now there's so much flying in the world. You got to get out. That's a quick way to get out of the head and into the heart. And I use that a lot too. A lot of kids tell me they use it and it settles down their anxiety actually. So just tapping on the heart and yeah, getting yourself really back to the out. moment. Yeah. You're just, cause it brings the energy and the thought process from the brain down into the heart. So I always say, I just tap it or rub it. Thank you, God, reset, let go or release, let go. You can say universe divine or just whatever. I don't care. Say poker root. Doesn't matter. It's like what you're doing <laughs> is giving acknowledge that you're going from that mental space down and you're giving a couple of seconds for hmm. the body to recalibrate because a lot of people don't realize like we have points in our body that you can reset like you reset your computer when you turn it on and off your Mm. eyes and then under just under your arms so and they're sensitive points but they do work and they do reset the system so it's kind of like hitting your control alt delete on your computer and allowing the body and the nervous system to calm down it's just having that that moment of pause really isn't it i mean where you because i guess we get so overwhelmed and busy in our days that we we forget to just stop and, you know, that moment where you like what you do, it's just about having that moment to just stop and pause and reflect and, you know, think yeah. about where you are right now. Rather and than if somebody has away. an action step, it tends to help them because if they don't have an action step, they just keep running and running and running. So when you start teaching people action steps, but it's very out of the mainstream. So hmm. it's, it's different, but it's, it really, you know, there is a lot of science behind it. So it's really the, the body, the soul, the spirit coming together. So you can refocus and you can start to see, oh, this is what's happening. And it starts to remove a lot of fear. And I think right now, like the whole world needs to really start start getting out of fear, you know, and get empowered and really realize how much they matter and how important they are. Yeah. What's this fear? Like you're talking about this world and state of fear. Let's go into that yeah. a bit. 
Yeah. You know, well, <laughs> I hear it every day. <laughs> I work with people all over the world. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's the unknown. It's the fear of the unknown because, like I said, the world is transitioning. It should have transi- transitioned a long time ago, but um, unfortunately, it took longer than it than it was supposed to. So it's divine timing. And how is it the transitioning? Old, the I was going to say the old systems that we've grown up in, and we've all grown up in them. They've been around since the beginning of Caesar time, and two, well, for sure, two thousand years institutions that we've grown up in. So that are, I always say it's going from institution to people. So banking systems, they really don't work for the masses. You look at government, you look at schools, you look at their big, big systems, medical systems, Mm. they're all broken. And when you look at them, they're broken. And people say, well, what do you mean? Well, don't they help people? I said, if they helped people, we wouldn't really have so much sickness, illness, disease, poverty, or lack at all in the world. We would, there's more than enough for everybody. And when you, you know, you can just get that by, you, you know, financially, there's more than enough for everybody. Mm-hmm. And so we're moving from that kind of system that's really been a slavery debt-based system for 2000 years And it's going to take time. People think, oh, you'll wake up tomorrow. No, it takes time like anything. But moving to a system that's more for humanity, for the world. And so things have to crumble for new things to be built. And I think that's what's really exciting. But people, they feel it. They see these old systems. They know they're caught in them and they don't always work for them. And it creates fear because you can't see what's coming. You know something's changing but you don't know what. So everybody's trying to spend time figuring that out, right? Mm. What's what's changing? And that'll drive you crazy. I say to people, just really enjoy what you have in your life and understand we're shifting from something old to something new. Yeah, I like it. What's, how do you vision that looking, you know, rather than institutions that we've been used to, (laughs) how do you vision that looking in the, in the (laughs) moving forward? Yeah, well, you know, 2021, I always say, is going to be the year that's going to go down in history where people are going to go, remember 2021. It's kind of the year that people think it was 2020. I'm like, no, 2020 was the year where people like it got moving. But 2021 is where I believe this year, by the end of this year, into early next year, we're going to start to see a lot of things come to fruition in these systems and more awareness to the people in general of how they have not been running and working for them. And I do teach a lot on this because it's, it's important that people understand because, um, I've been fortunate enough, especially on the economic front in 2008 to know a lot of people that had I not known them, you know, I wouldn't have got the call. And I'm sure many people listening here never got a call before the stuff went crazy in 2008. Um, So there's a lot of things always going on behind the scenes that many people don't know, right? Mm -hmm. And so this is what I think is quite wonderful because it's without going into like so much stuff, you can see on the financial aspect right there, we're moving to a systems that are, will be more for the people. That's why we have things like digital currency showing up. That's why they've been around for 11 years. It's part of trying to create something new for the people outside an old system that only works for a few. Mm. And that's a small part of it, but it's happening in every area. Like even when you look at medical, um, I can tell you with many people in the world and even a lot where I am, there's a lot of people that are leaving the planet that shouldn't have to leave the planet. It's just because surgeries have been canceled, things have been canceled. So that system's really let them down. 
And so now you can see there'll be a shift of more over time. It doesn't happen overnight, but over time, 2023, 2025, and then to 2030, systems that are more integrative. So where people are more working together in many ways, so people don't have to be let down. And those are just a few very minor things that when people start to wake up, they're like, yeah, we need systems that actually support and care for people in every area. Mm. Love the thoughts. I love this thought. It's going to be a great thought to uh, leave people with today too, I think. So Tracy, how can people um, reach out to you best? Uh, TracyLClark.com is the best uh, space. And I say if people want to get to know me a little bit better, uh, my book is a great place to start. <laughs> God, where are you? It's me. Um, I, the title is exactly that. It's like I was so lost. I'm like, if there's anything out there, I'm listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. So Tracy without an E, T-R-A-C-Y-L Clark without an E as well. Yeah. com Tracy L. Clark. I'll stick the link in the show notes, guys, to check it out there. And the book as well, so you can pick up a copy. Uh, Tracy, really great to have you here. Thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Guys, check it out at thehiddenwide.com, episode 981. Until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. See you soon. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. I hope you love what you're hearing. If you like this episode, guys, or any of the episodes that you're listening to here at The Hidden Why, please do me a favor by sharing it. You can share it with your families. You can share it with your loved ones. You can do that by using your favorite social media channels using the icons on the platform that you're listening to The Hidden Why podcast. Also, guys, if you're a fan of the show, please connect with me. Connect with me at thehiddenwide.com. I love to hear from you. I love to converse with the people that listen to this show to find out what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy, and perhaps if they have any questions or feedback for the show as well. You can stay up to date with all that I'm releasing here, guys. I do a solo show every Monday, a three-minute thought every Thursday. I do two interviews a week on a Wednesday and a Saturday, and a book review every Friday. You can stay up to date with all that by subscribing to my newsletter at thehiddenwire.com. Just enter your email address there, and also subscribing to the podcast on the platform that you choose to listen to your podcast. You can also support the show, guys, by using the Amazon links at thehiddenwire.com. So if you like books, you can get all the books that I review there um, and anything else, really, that you like to purchase through Amazon. So use that link. It helps support the show. And we've also got a deal with Audible, guys. Audible is a fantastic way to listen to all your favorite books. We've got a deal with them so you can get two free books when you subscribe or, yeah, subscribe to a 30-day free trial. So check that out, again, at thehiddenwire.com. Guys, that's it from me. You know what to do. Go out there. Breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose and in doing so you will discover your hidden why this is the hidden why my name is Lee Manutzi until next time peace passion and purpose see you soon